Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Nola Pizza in the Nola Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Rusciutti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Anybody can have a good idea for a business. I've already had a couple this morning. Ice that stays frozen longer in iced coffee and a real-time updating system for your doctor's office that tells you if they're running an hour late. They might both be good ideas, but there's a big difference between a good business idea and a good business. The difference is execution. Even in a world increasingly influenced by AI and data systems, execution comes down to people. My guests on Out to Lunch today are people who are building good ideas into great businesses. In the early 2000s, Chris White solved an engineering and logistics problem for Tabasco. He created a better way to pack and ship pepper mash, which is a basic raw ingredient of hot sauce. Chris patented his technology and in 2010 turned it into the Louisiana Pepper Exchange. It's a business Chris describes as seed to table. The company grows peppers, processes them, and delivers over 20 million pounds of pepper products a year to hot sauce manufacturers and other companies that include McDonald's, Wendy's, and P.F. Chang's. Chris White, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, thank you for having me. How about this for a good idea? Make the world's biggest pizza. Not just one pizza, hundreds of them every day. That's the concept behind Fat Boy's Pizza. Fat Boys is a chain of pizza restaurants that started life in 2019 as a single store in Metairie. Their pizza pie is 30 inches, what they call the world's biggest slice. But as you may have heard in other contexts, size isn't everything. What might appear to be the success of a simple gimmick is actually a technology-driven business employing sophisticated software to manufacture pizza and to collect and analyze data dedicated to keeping every individual pizza purchaser happy. Before Casey Beal took over as vice president of operations and part owner of Fat Boys, he'd been head of food and beverage at Harris here in New Orleans and in Biloxi. And he was part of the team that opened Caesar's Palace in Dubai. Casey Beal, welcome out to lunch. Hey, thanks you. Chris, it seems like in the years since you launched the Louisiana Pepper Exchange, you've become one of the biggest players in what is a multi-billion dollar industry. That's billion with a B. Most major hot sauces and a majority of craft and gourmet hot sauces use your peppers. As I mentioned, you supply places like McDonald's, Wendy's, and P.F. Chang's with shelf-stable and healthy pepper products for flavoring. And now you're branching into consumer products for home cooks with a line of pepper puree that's already for sale in over 2,100 stores. And this is a vertically integrated operation, meaning you run every aspect of this business from growing the peppers to manufacturing, shipping, and distribution. So let me start by asking you a simple question. How are you doing this? Are you the type of person who claims to know nothing and just hires good people? Or are you the source of both the vision and the execution? Well, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, no, we, a little bit of both. You know, the engineering background that I have um, 
and the experience I have in, in, in logistics were essential for the vision of what we're trying to accomplish, but I'm, I'm an engineer, so I'm not a culinary guy, I'm not a, you know, a huge foodie, I'm not, um, you know, uh, I don't have expertise in everything, so really we've been able to do this by hiring lots of very, very good, hardworking people. And don't be so humble, you have an engineering degree from West Point, so that, is, that means a lot. <laughs> and you are a tank commander, which, you know, not everybody has that on their resume. No, not too many There's people. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Casey, you do not have that in your resume. Uh, yeah. I've been looking would at it. I not want to be in a tank with that guy. <laughs> Casey, Fat Boy's Pizza is an undeniable success story that's only getting more impressive with every new store you open. And now you're looking at franchising the concept, which could grow the chain across the country. So help me understand why this world's biggest pizza concept is so successful. I was under the impression that if there was a trend in fast food, it was toward a more health-conscious approach to ingredients and, and portion size, and that the supersize me fad was in the past. As a tech-forward and systems-driven business succeeding in a highly competitive market against established brands, you people at Fat Boys obviously know something about the fast food market beyond public perception. So. What part does the supersize aspect of the product play? Is it just a device to get attention, or do people really care about size and perceived value more than anything in pizza purchasing? Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think there's many aspects to that question that are kind of complex. So I'll try to keep this simple. 93% of Americans have eaten a slice of pizza or some kind of pizza in the last 30 days. So um, despite the, the trend of health conscious individuals in America, pizza is still a staple that represents aspects of the daily diet in individuals. Um, what, what we've been able to do at Fat Boys is, is take something that is very, very comfortable to people, uh, create a life-size uh, pizza that does allow for us to have a marketing aspect of it. And uh, the, the, the ethos inside of each one of our restaurants, I think, allows for not just a, a dining experience, but more of a social interaction experience as well. Um, I, I, I think you see a lot of families in there. We have arcades in a lot of our restaurants. There's individuals tossing the pies uh, that you can see. So, I mean, I think the, the entire package of our concept is what has allowed for us to be success successful. And Chris, you've always been a B2B business and now you're a B2C business to customers business. How big a transition is that? That seems like a very difficult thing. It is, it's been, it's been very challenging, very rewarding as well. Uh, but we've been behind the scenes for many years. So we've sold our product from you know, the smallest hot sauce company to the largest hot sauce company to many different types of food manufacturers. Marketing to the consumer is a completely different concept for us. So, you know, we've had to really take uh, a lot of time to develop a good strategy to do that, bring in a lot of good resources, uh, and um, change our focus to be able to do it, dedicate a lot of our, our budget to be able to accomplish that as well. So it's, uh, it's been very re rewarding. You know, it, uh, we never were so concerned about our, 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 you know, our brand as far as the consumer goes, and now it's like the most important thing in our business. So um, brand building is a lot of fun. And how is, uh, when you look at that consumer, to you, is the consumer the supermarket or the, the person you know, reaching into the shelf? Yeah, it's the person that's putting it in their basket. Uh, you have to get them to understand the product. And for us, it's a bit unique because our product is its own category. So it didn't really exist before. Having a ready-to-use pepper ingredient, a puree, 
uh, that's shelf stable, maybe similar to a minced garlic, just didn't exist until we launched it. So, uh, so we not only had to build the brand, but we've also had to do a lot of education on how to use the product. So, and and Casey, I have to ask this question because I have a lot of vowels in my name. Is how do you eat a slice of pizza? Do you do you fold it up? Do you use a knife and fork? Is uh, am I touching a a nerve? <laughs> asking you this no not not at all I mean I think there's different way we have forks and knives in our restaurant you know I, I I think we are we pride ourselves in being able to execute a pizza that is that size but still not have uh, have the integrity of the dough that allows for it to be folded and still not have to worry about it flopping and uh, so that t- is definitely something that we're, we're proud of I've messed up a lot of shirts on folded pizza. Is that <laughs> is something about the consistency? It doesn't flop at the end. Yeah, because it's a big slice. It is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I just found out that you guys are actually do business together. Yes. And how does that work? Or how does what uh, what is that about? Yeah. So uh, Chris's team. Uh, makes our proprietary buffalo sauce that we utilize on some of our pizzas as well as in our chicken wings. Wow. I'd like to believe that this only happened because you were on the show, but together. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you listed the uh, restaurants that were using them, I was waiting for you to also include <laughs> Fat Boys. I can't take credit for everything. This, uh, in the, and we talk about the engineering space, um, uh, Chris. You're you're very talented in that in that area, and you you originally worked for Tabasco and came up with a, something great. What was that? Yeah, I didn't work for them. I, you know, I own another business where we do value-added engineering and sell equipment. So, uh, really, was just trying to solve a, provide a solution for a customer. So they were trying to find a more cost-effective way to ship their pepper from Latin America, and uh, worked with them very closely to develop a large bladder. It's a single-use polyethylene bag that goes inside of a sea container. Um, and addresses some of the challenges of shipping a very viscous, high solids liquid. So it has a mixing system so we can mix it back and get it out of the bag uh, easily when it gets to the uh, unloading point. So, so it holds about 52,000 pounds of pepper mash, each bladder. That's more than the average person would, <laughs> would need. Uh, Casey, when I think of what you're doing, I think of public companies, bigger companies, that get forced into growth. They, um, you know, it's, you got to open five stores a year or something like that. Is that the approach you take? Do you have a, a number in mind every year or is it something else? No, absolutely not. I mean, I don't think we'll ever be a company as long as I'm running it that will be measured on uh, a number that we're going to achieve in a certain time period. Um, we, we look at different opportunities in silos, put them through our, our prism, whether or not they make financial sense for us whether or not they map out in sequence, whether or not they um, fit our, our geographical um, bandwidth. And then from there, like, we'll, we'll say yes or no to it. So we'll never measure success on number of stores in X period of time. And when you have a store and you're trying to make a, a new site out there, is it clustering where you want them to be close together for some sort of a synergy or is it just finding a new market? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, there's obviously operational efficiencies with having them clustered. There's marketing opportunities that allow for uh, dollars spent to be have a better return on investment through multiple touch points. And there's also a concern of oversaturation and cannibalization that we have to factor into it as well. 
cannibals eat pizza too. I, just, <laughs> I think it's important to know that. They, uh, hey, Chris, you mentioned, which is a funny term, seed to table. Um, what does this vertical integration system look like? Uh, what's, what's the first step? Yeah, I think really the first step is the agricultural piece of it, which is, you know, a very, can be a very challenging part of the business. Uh, being able to uh, project how much pepper you need. You know, you don't make pepper in a factory, so it's grown in the field and you have to uh, go through quite a process uh, to get that pepper delivered to the United States. So you got to plant it, you got to, you know, uh, harvest it, you got to get it here. So uh, every pepper that we make is purpose grown for us and really Costa Rica, Colombia, Peru, uh, Mexico, and now Egypt. So we contract these with the, uh, the farmers down there, uh, all to our specification, <clears throat> and then we own the technology, the IP, to get it here with that uh, flexi tank that we patented. We're also a licensed MBOCC, which means we're a freight forwarder, so we can negotiate directly with the steamship lines for ocean uh, freight. Um, and then we do all of our own bottling in-house, um, and we can handle our logistics getting it you know, back out to the customer. So, Having ownership of that process, all that process, gives us tremendous efficiencies and allows us to do it very cost competitively. So what comes into your uh, factory on CHOP? Is it the peppers themselves? No, so we actually uh, have the peppers made into a mash. Okay, and the mash is really a stabilization process. It's, fermenta it's a fermentation process that just naturally acidifies it, so it's shelf-stable for a very long time. So we do that in the country of origin, and then we ship it once it's fermented. So we have limited risk for spoilage and waste, uh, and then we bring it here as a mash, so it's a liquid. So it'll look like something like tomato sauce or, or marinara sauce. It's a, it's a you know a pretty thick liquid. Um, it's still got the skins and the seeds, and then you know we further process it for various types of applications once it gets here. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Casey Beal from Fat Boys Pizza, home of the world's biggest pizza, and Chris White from Louisiana Pepper Exchange. They make the basic ingredient for most of the country's hot sauce. We'll continue our conversation when we come right back. Support for Out to Lunch comes from Adata Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Camellia Productions Marketing Consulting, Corette Leadership Lab, Communication and Conflict Resolution, Feigley Communications, Full Service Marketing, Gamble PR, HR NOLA, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Lolo's Youth Yoga and Art Studio, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, New Orleans Investment Conference, November 1st through 4th, Noki, New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute, Rev Realtors, The Idea Village, The Scout Guide Baton Rouge, and The Scout Guide New Orleans. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Chris White from Louisiana Pepper Exchange. They make the basic ingredient for most of the country's hot sauce, and Casey Beal from Fat Boys Pizza, home of the world's biggest pizza. And Casey, of all the uh, concepts you have, one of them is a drive-through restaurant. How would that work with pizza? I know you can get a frappuccino at Starbucks because it only takes 30 seconds, but what about pizza? How, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, you, you open with, you know, the, 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 the technology and, uh, you know, it, the, the drive-through aspect is something that we're really excited about. Um, you know, there, 
there's been a significant shift from a technological aspect into the restaurant space. You know, I think restaurant tours just historically have been intuitive, creative thinkers, not engineers, um, and technology's now kind of starting to enter into the hospitality space. And uh, it's really creating a dynamic, I think, environment for restaurant groups where they're able to balance software, uh, operational efficiencies with technology. And uh, so our ability to execute through a drive-through is really driven on a facet of having these new ovens that allow for us to have omnidirectional cooking on a, a conveyor oven that utilizes uh, granite bricks. So you still get the, the traditional duck deck oven flavor on your on your um, on your pizza crust but it also allows for it to happen in a more efficient and quicker method so on average we're at about three minutes per order through the drive-through now we have to be intelligent about our menu offering through the drive-through we make all of our pizzas um, house-made pizzas you know to order so um, I, I can't execute an entire whole pie but pizza by the slice items like chicken wings, french fries. We have the, the technological advancements in the equipment that allow for us to execute that in a timely fashion. You know, you brought your pizza box here. This must be the world's widest conveyor belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> massive. <laughs> um, They're proud of it. <laughs> Chris, what about um, the funding for something like this? It, it's a very exciting uh, business. You're just kind of growing uh, based on cash on hand, or what did you end up doing? Uh, we've done some uh, some fundraising um, with you know with with a great partner here in New Orleans, Jefferson uh, Capital Partners. Um, you know we've done some debt financing. We're currently going through a 26 million dollar expansion uh, in New Mexico uh, to be able to bring our supply chain from Mexico in more efficiently, where we'll be able to store 30 million pounds of uh, pepper a year. So um, so it's. Uh, so we've done a little bit of both. I mean, some of it we, um, you know, we're able to do through cash flow. Uh, we did raise some funds and have done some debt financing as well. So, and Casey, a lot of companies are very hesitant at, at your stage to uh, take on debt. Uh, have you grown just based on your cash flow, or what have you done? I wish. Uh, <laughs> now, now we've grown at such an astronomical rate that um, you know, we're, at the end of the day, I often joke we got to measure things in like. From a not from a dollar standpoint, but number of pizzas sold to, to equate to that. So like our our current project that we're working on in Katy, Texas, a 1.9 million dollar build out. So that's a lot of pizza, and uh, so we we're not unfortunately able to go through uh, cash flow to get there. But you know we we have some um, ownership that has the ability to work with our, our banker, which is B1 Bank, um, and then through our ownership that we have, we're also to able to utilize their private funding. Now, some people would think your background at Caesars and it doesn't really connect to uh, uh, pizza, ma pizza making, but it really does. I mean, nobody knows their customer like the gaming industry. Sure, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, the technical aspect of what we do with pizza, like we, we need to do a similar to what Chris said, you got to hire the right people. Um, we recently brought on a uh, director of operations that um, was actually an individual that we were recruiting heavily with Caesars Entertainment. His name's Igor Kritschmar. He's one of the most talented chefs I've ever been around. Um, we were looking at bringing him over to uh, the Harrods New Orleans as, as transitioning to Caesars New Orleans to oversee the the Nobu, the Emerald, the, um, all of these celebrity chef concepts. 
and uh, that relationship maintained. And when I joined Fat Boys, we were able to to bring them to join our company. Um, and and I guess you know the the, the aspect of like what we're doing um, from an execution standpoint is is I think secondary to for, from my perspective. As long as we hire the people that allow them to focus on it, my, my objective is to create a, a culture create uh, a system that is replicable and uh, provide them the framework to, to really flourish in their, you know, in their specific areas of responsibility. And Chris, you mentioned some uh, uh, peppers coming out of Latin America. First of all, New Orleans is so hot that the only, pe- the only thing I've grown that has made it is the hot peppers. Everything else is t- dying on the vine. Uh, you don't, uh, these peppers don't come from the U.S. Where, um, what countries do they come from? Yeah, I mean, uh, Colombia, Costa Rica, Peru, Mexico, uh, and we're just expanding into Egypt. And, you know, it's really about finding, it's a really fascinating story I could talk about a long time, (laughs) but, you know, we started just bringing in three or four different peppers when we started. Uh, Now we bring in, I don't know, 35 different varieties of peppers, and they all require different types of, you know, of, of climate or altitude. So as we start choosing another pepper to bring in, we have to be very selective on what region we're going to grow it in so that we can get the most yield to make it commercial, commercially viable. So um, some peppers grow better in drier climates, so some grow better in wetter climates, some grow better at certain temperatures and altitudes. So, so we, you know, we, we work very closely with our agricultural partners to decide which pepper we're going to grow in what region. Well, you mentioned that... Uh 35 different peppers, which I completely didn't know. Uh, but I also got to ask you, we had a couple of guests on the show who were growing peppers. They were kind of like, it gets into a cult kind of thing where they, they try to grow the hottest possible pepper. It is the craziest thing. It, it, it is crazy. And it's, you know, because we're so closely tied to the craft gourmet hot sauce industry where we really got our, uh, our feet on the ground, you know, we're very close to what's trending in the market. So some of these really hotter peppers are, uh, you know, we, we bring in very large volumes of them, and it's really because, you know, that's what some of these smaller brands are wanting, is to have something new and innovative and sometimes very hot. So we bring in a lot of ghost pepper, scorpion pepper, oh, reaper boy. pepper. Um, so Those are names I've heard. Yes. They, can we need a gas mask to pick them? It's like it's very... It's a spooky business. Yeah, I don't know about picking them, but certainly when you're processing them, oh, it right. can be a little, okay. little bit irritating for sure. <laughs> Casey, so much of your story is is growth, of course, at your own pace. Do you um, lease the properties or buy the properties? What do you do? We have an assortment of different uh, real estate deals. Uh, we, we own some of the properties, and ma- majority of the locations we have now are, are leased uh, deals. And then you're also just starting to dip your toe into franchising. Now, that's a very different model. Uh, How's it going? Are you taking it slow? Very slow. We've had a, a few different prospective uh, franchisees connect with us. Um, and, you know, as I alluded to earlier, it's got to make sense for us. Um, you know, it's not a number of buys X date. Um, so we, we're looking for partners that have restaurant and operational experience. Um, f- hopefully they already have existing restaurants, so they have... Uh, the, the human capital already in place, so they have deployable resources. And then it can't be so far that it's out of our reach as well. Um, you know, there's 
it financially can be lucrative, um, and it also could be a financial burden for you if you do the wrong deal. And if somebody reached out to us and they were in Canada and they want to do a singular restaurant, um, the, the, the investment for us to make sure that that relationship is a good one, that we're providing the support could be diminished really quickly. Just even just in, even if it's going well, it could be diminished just from a traveling and lodging perspective. But you'd like them to open new markets, so maybe you know, a market next to the market you have. Exactly, yeah. So the areas that we looked at and that we've targeted, like areas in the Alabama, northern Mississippi, um, northern Louisiana markets is kind of where we're, we're comfortable maybe going into the panhandle. And like, quite frankly, we, we in each one of those markets I just referenced, um, we have real estate deals that we're entertaining for corporate, um, corporate restaurants as well. And ideally, you'd like to have that man or woman uh, want to open two or three yeah, of them, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and that's kind of the caveat that we've had. There's been a couple different people that checked off some of the boxes, but from from their own personal capital, they didn't have the the, the bandwidth to do more than one location. And for us, it, it doesn't. I, I would prefer to get something, you know. And I'm not. I know we can. Fortunately, right now we can kind of cherry pick a little bit. Um, but at, at the end of the day, we'd like to get somebody to do a multi-unit deal. And Chris, when I go to the supermarket, and it's grown every single year, there's a ton of craft beers and a ton of craft sauces. It, what is that? Um, has what has that brought you in, in the uh, craft sauces business? Yeah, it's been very good for us. Uh, you know, I always tell this story; it's very funny. You know, when we first started bringing in pepper, we had an emerging craft uh, brand come to us. We weren't even really selling it; we were just delivering it. And this guy calls me and says, "Hey." We're an emerging brand. We need pepper, mash, and bulk. I hear you ship a lot of it. Can you sell it to us? And I'm like, sure. He says, I said, how much do you need? And he says, oh, I said, can I send you a flexi tank? He said, well, how much is in a flexi tank? I said, 52,000 pounds. And he said, oh my gosh, I need 80 pounds, right? <laughs> so that's really how we started this because we started taking uh, our IP, bringing it here very cost effectively, and then repacking it for the craft gourmet guys, and that's really how we got into the business. And so as that segment has exploded, you know, we've really benefited from it. And, you know, it's also, you know, we've been instrumental in helping some of these emerging brands be innovative with different types of peppers. So some of these peppers don't grow very well here, so getting it here in a shelf-stable format is critical uh, to their ability to be able to do these innovative things. I have to ask you, Chris, though, when you're now that you're on the B to C side, are you in competition with some of your customers? We'd like to think not. I mean, we're an ingredient, so we're not making a finished sauce. We're not a hot sauce. We're not a condiment. We are an ingredient. So as I mentioned before, you can kind of consider us the minced garlic of, of pepper. So, you know, we try not to differentiate ourselves from our customers and the fact that it's just a pure natural in ingredient, just pepper and salt. What does it look like when I go into the supermarket? Uh, it depends where you go, but generally it's in the produce section, uh, generally close to either the peppers or the minced garlic. There's a fun New Orleans Facebook group called Ain't Dare No More. It's dedicated mostly to memorializing local companies that have gone out of business. Besides reminiscing about Mackenzie's uh, buttermilk drops or singing along with the jingle for Rosenberg's appliance store, it's interesting to note the wide range of reasons once popular local businesses close down. Uh, the market changes, people retire, competition kills them, rents get too high, the list goes on. But there are far fewer reasons a business succeeds. 
beyond having a good product or providing a good service, the success of most businesses is ultimately traceable to the vision of its founders and the execution of that vision by people who can translate it into a profitable operation. Chris and Casey, you are both great examples of this balance of vision and execution. Congratulations on everything you've both achieved to date, and I look forward to keeping up with you and following your continued success. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. You're very welcome. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Chris White, founder and CEO of Louisiana Pepper Exchange, and Casey Beal, Vice President of Operations at Fat Boys Pizza. We edited this show to fit into our time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Chris's peppers and Casey's pizzas by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast on your podcast app and on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And our researcher is Maggie Mendel. Today's show was engineered by Blake Longlinay. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Tap Room has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York-style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Passion Lily, Fair Trade Fashion, 831 Charter Street, or PassionLily.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.